0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So anyway, we're going to wrap up today's series, The Armor of God, and I'll share some other things at the end with you. some different things that, that, that we're you know, doing as far as giving and things like that. But uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, we're going to go there. And we're finished up today with this series. I hope you've gotten, uh, uh, gotten some things out of this, especially this last part about prayer. I would really want to encourage you uh, about the areas of prayer and to understand that prayer is not relegated to those who are just praying people, but especially you men in the room. Can, I just, can you just look at me right now, fellas? Can you get all the fellas to just give me an eye right now? Just, just take a look at me. Your prayers matter more than you can imagine. You don't have to be a guy that sits for four hours in his closet. I'm telling you, if you could just in your car, go down the road and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just want to ask you right now to move in my family. Move in me today. Give me wisdom from heaven. Give me guidance from your spirit today in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, that right there, just your 30 seconds, guys, that prayer, that power of prayer. Do not listen to the demasculinization of America that says men are just supposed to just be this sit in the back seat and don't say anything because god forbid you're a man be a man and pray and don't worry about it let the chips fall where they may man and that is not to diminish women but ladies you understand what i'm saying you would appreciate it right if the fellows would pray even if you don't hear don't you appreciate that your man would pray that was weak that was so weak i'm gonna say it again don't you appreciate a man who will actually pray for you and your family thank you. I mean, it is not diminishing the role of women to, to say to men today, listen guys, come on, step up. This world is trying to tell you, you just be weak, don't say anything. I'm not, I got three daughters, one wife, a grandmama, and a mama-in-law, okay? And a mama. If any, that's a lot of women. And I'm not diminishing any of them. I love every one of them. You think I want my girls to be feeling like they're diminished? No! I tell them all the time, You do whatever God leads you to do. One wanted to play football. And I tried to figure out how to, you know, okay. Most most of the stuff you realize is just a fad anyway. I try to tell them, ask your papa about playing football. Ask him what he thinks about it. See what he says, you know. Now she's on to soccer. The next day she must be a painter. It's okay. It just kind of, but don't diminish, but just say, listen, we'll figure it out. You know, there's enough stuff that's confusing out there as it is. So just... Man, listen, if they want to try and play, play football, let them roll and see what happens. You know, I don't know. But anyway, thank God she's out of that. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, you're there now, right? Give me enough time? Okay. Ephesians 6 verse 10, we're going to read this and then we're going to close up with this series today, okay? Um, so it says uh, in verse 10, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes or the wiles or the, the deception of the devil. One translation says the seduction. Okay, uh, for our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against people, humanity, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I don't have to get this in detail. Already done it. Uh, demonic activity, spirits that you think, oh no, that's just faith. We just can we just all agree today. There is evil in this world. Call it what you want to call it, honey. If you don't like demonic, then okay, pick you another word. Uh, uh, Not so good things. Whatever Whatever makes you feel comfortable, just understand it's a demon. It's evil. It's ungodly. And don't be confused by the deception of the devil who says, well, this is okay. It's not okay. If it's ungodly, if it's evil, if it goes against God's scripture, believe me, it's the deception of the enemy. So don't buy it. So, how do you combat this? Since you're human, your natural thing is to fight what? Flesh and blood. I'm going to fight. You come against me, I'm coming against you. Naturally, what are you going to do? I'm going to respond. But spiritually, Paul says, because you're fighting against evil spirits, make sure you understand you use spiritual weapons to fight with them. So, he says, what are these weapons? Well, number one, you take up the full armor of God. How are you going to resist them? First of all, you're going to stand firm, having girded your loins with the belt of truth. Now notice three different times I want to make a point of this that you see God's word here. Truth. That means you need to have a basic understanding of God's word. You need to understand some basic core doctrines of the faith. Redemption. Resurrection. My goodness, today you'd think you would have to explain this in the church. But the resurrection for mercy's sake. Jesus died. He was dead. He was buried for three days, and he was literally, physically resurrected from the dead. There are people today saying that didn't happen. And they're calling themselves Christians. And I go, like, what? Because no basic understanding of truth. Simple doctrine is what that's called. So Paul says, have this around your loins. And then put on the breastplate of righteousness. You can't understand righteousness if you don't understand truth. Can I get an amen? Amen. Or you get some weird thoughts out there. Righteousness comes from understanding of truth. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You can't preach the gospel if you don't know the truth. And he says this in addition to all these things, take up the shield of faith, which you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the evil one. Shield of faith simply means this. When you, as an individual, you probably have some things in your life that bother you that probably don't bother me. I have some things in my life that probably affect me because of my upbringing that may not affect you. So what you need in your shield is those scriptures that you need to combat against whatever it is the enemy uses against you. If you come from a very defeatist mentality, that says you're a, under a rock, you're no good, you lower, you know, you're just worthless, like a worm. You might need some scriptures that say, "In Christ I can do all things, who strengthens me. I can overcome through the One who lives greater, as He's in me than He is in the world." You might need some of that. Maybe somebody who has a more of a victorious idea, they may not need that as much. But you understand, you need a shield that's, that's personal. That's what's for you. It's what you need personal. And then he says, which is, um, after that he says, you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. In verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation, and then the sword of the spirit. We talked about all these different things. Which is the word of God. Now, it's important before we go to prayer. Truth, faith, and the sword of the spirit. All three of these areas have directly related to the scriptures. And you go back and listen to the messages. They all connect to God's word directly. And then he says this before he gets to prayer. Because you cannot pray if you don't know a, understanding, a basic understanding of God's word. He says, with all prayer. Now, all means all. All means all, right? All means all. Mama gets it out with A-L-L, the stain lifter. That's all. <laughs> I mean, the commercial kind of sticks in your head, right? <laughs> At least it did for me. So with all prayer and petition, we're to pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, when he says uh, pray with all kinds of prayer, when he uses that, he says, uh, he, is definitely, he is referring to this literally all types of prayer. And we've covered seven different components of, of prayer. And why do we do that? Because I told you seven is, is the stamp of the Lord. There's six different ones. Um, There's the prayer of consecration. We'll put it on the screen for you so you can see it. Prayer of consecration. And you can go back and listen to every one of these, okay? The prayer of petition. The prayer of authority. And the prayer of agreement. The prayer of commitment. And the prayer of thanksgiving. These are all prayers that are in your Bible. You can sum all the prayers up with these seven, okay? And then the seventh one, though, is prayer in the Spirit. Now, why am I giving you this right now? Because you cannot, if you understand basic biblical truth, you cannot ignore this seventh prayer. Now there are many people who will say, this is not for today, it's not true, it's, it's ungodly, it's of the devil. And I would submit to you, they do not have an understanding of scripture enough to be able to give you that information. Pastor, that's pretty strong words. It might get stronger before it's over with. Just hang tight, buckle your seatbelt. But prayer in the Spirit, or you could say it this way. There's different ways people say it. We say pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues, pray in unknown tongues, pray in uh, other languages. We get real cute because we don't want to affect anybody, so we say, we have a prayer language. Whatever we want to call it, it don't matter to me what you call it. It's biblical, and it's in the Bible, and if that affects you and scares you makes you nervous, then you need to stop for a moment, go back to your word, get a belt of truth on and understand that this is not an ungodly thing. This is a godly thing. And there are many people who pray in the Spirit and many people who do not pray in the Spirit. And watch this. I'm telling you as a church, not everybody in here prays in the Spirit, and that's fine. A lot of people in here pray in the Spirit, and that's fine. What problem we have is we seem to think that, well, if I have something you don't have, it makes me better than. And therefore, there is a disconnect. And anybody be able to receive what we have to say because it sounds like we're arrogant, which we are. The purpose of praying in the Spirit is not to diminish, it's to elevate. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. Yes. So as a kid, when I was growing up, I'll give you a little background on this. When I was growing up, I was 10 years of age um, when I got saved. I still remember it was a Baptist church, Floyd Springs Baptist Church. I remember our pastor, Jim Brackett, he, uh, he was the pastor at that time. He's a tall dude, at least I thought he was tall. I was a small kid, so I don't know. He might not have been so tall, but he had cowboy boots on. So that made him look like, a, I don't know, a bigger dude, I guess he had cowboy boots on. But I remember when I was 10 years of age, this girl in our class, she invited everybody to church. Everybody. And um, I just said no forever. Finally, she wouldn't leave us alone. So I finally said, yes, I will go. I will go to church with you. The persistence of a child, you know. And so I go. I'm in the fifth grade. A couple of nights there. I don't like it because we're doing choir practice. I could sing. And so they wanted me to sing some solos. I mean, oh, man, I don't want. I mean, how did this happen? You know, now you got me into this. Now I'm into that. And before I know it, I get confronted with this mom, uh, the daughter's mom. And uh, sweet, sweet folks, Amber Carver, Diane Carver, and Randall Carver, sweet people, they invited me to church, came to church, and, and Diane, she, I still won't forget, she said, Jody. With, like, these eyes of, like, Jesus. You know the ones when you first, you know when you prayed to G, the person that told you, it's like all of a sudden you feel like this, oh, what is happening? I feel this conviction, but I don't know why. And all of a sudden I feel like, uh, yes. I thought, am I in trouble? Did I do something wrong? What did I do, you know, have you have you said, have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior? No, ma'am. Do you want to do that without even meaning to? Yes, ma'am. It's like the Holy Spirit. You know, you just can't escape it, right? I remember fifth grade, ten years of age, going into the preacher's office. Pastor Jim, he had this little sofa there. He looks at me with tears down his eyes. Said, "Jody, are you ready to pray?" Yes, sir. I ready to pray. I don't know. Yes. He said, get on one knee. Yes, sir. With his cowboy boots on. What you going to say to the man with cowboy boots? Yes, sir. No, I'm going to go. Get on one knee. He gets on one knee. He's crying more than I am. Leads me to Christ. She's crying. She calls my grandmother. I put a speakerphone, that little conference phone thing. You know, Miss Shirley, I just want to let you know that Jody said, accepted Jesus tonight. My grandma, oh, that's so wonderful. You know, she's all happy now. Everybody's happy. Well, Seem real great until you go back in the world. You realize just because you got Jesus doesn't mean everybody else is going to part the Red Sea for you while you walk down the street. (laughs) I got Jesus. (laughs) And just demons run for you in terror. No more problems. Kids, no, it was worse. You remember, right? It's worse. And from that time until I was about twenty, I bounced back and forth between trying to figure out God and not because I didn't understand His Word. So by the time I was 19, I had made a commitment to Christ. Like literally, I understood what it meant to make Jesus your Lord. I was beginning to be silent. My mom-in-law, she was here. She had a little group together at her house. We all got disciples. She started disciples with experiencing God. I started going through the process of hearing where where is God? God's always worked. He's always working around you. You just got to look and see where is God working and join him in his work. So a lot of times we think that it's us doing the work and we want God to join us. But it's really, what is God doing? Let's join with what he's doing. Y'all see what I'm saying, right? So, about 19 years of age, I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm asking for more of God. I, I just don't understand. Like, I just, I know there's something missing. I'm saved. But I can't figure out why I have this. I don't understand this Bible. Now, part of it's because I had a King James Bible. Let's just be real, okay? <laughs> that makes a difference when you get one you can actually understand, okay? Let's just be real. Don't be offended by that. Understand that's the truth, right? If you don't believe me, go pick up Shakespeare's stuff and start reading it. Tell me if you figure that one out. And how, let me ask you all this. This is a side note. As an educator, don't tell me about this later. Just fill me in on how you can judge me on my response about Shakespeare when it don't really make sense anyway. I just don't understand that. But that's a side note. Let's just move on. I remember praying asking the Lord, God, I just, I just need more of you. Somebody's asked me to go. Hey, we're going to a church. Where are we going? We're going to the Pentecostal church the what the what yeah the pentecostal church why they got revival i said well all right that sounds good what they gonna do man you know it's 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 well it's wild over there i'm like all right i was kind of like you know i don't know man i get there this is no joke and i'm not putting believe me i'm not putting anybody down when i say this i've went to a charismatic bible school i've seen more than you can probably imagine okay if you've seen it i bet you i've seen more You come and ask me, if we'll see who's seen the most. I've seen it all, I think, man, all right? So, nonetheless, I get there, and this guy is preaching like I ain't never heard a guy preach in my life. I mean, he's going off the, jumping off the stage, man. I thought, dude, man, he is wide open, and he's an older dude, you know? Like, I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty impressive. You know, he must got something because he's jumping here, jumping there, like, Oh, down, he's got his Bible and stuff. And all of a sudden, he pops somebody on the head and they fall over. I'm like, what? <laughs> Literally. And I'm not making fun when I say it. I'm just giving you all the... I'm a guy who's watching. And I don't know what's going on. Bap! And the person falls. Man, he hit them hard. Like, I mean, I just thought they're in trouble now. Preaching to hit people. Well, I didn't understand what was going on. I had no clue. And then my buddy's saying, like, hey... I'm going down there. I said, what are you going for? <laughs> he's you with the Bible, man. You know, like, you <laughs> with the Bible. Like. And the reality is, is if, you, if you know the, the truth about it is this, is the Lord has convicted me because I had things I wasn't letting go of yet. So part of the reason why I didn't want to get involved with some of that is I thought, well, if this guy's not going to be over, he might be able to, like, I've heard about these preachers. I've been around I've seen them. Some of them look at you in the eye and be like, come here, young man. You know, and they tell you something, you're like, oh, no. He's going, to, he's going to tell the whole world where I've been. Like, what I, uh-oh. You know, I was, that's what I was thinking. But no, it didn't happen. I went down there asked for prayer. God, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want your power. Nothing happened. My friend gets popped with the Bible. He's on the ground. I'm like, am I like, something wrong with me? Two three knots in. I'm asking, listen, you got to say, I'm asking God, there's something missing in my life. I need something in my life. I go down there again. Nobody this guy he don't pop people the bible he just he he pray I can't remember what he does he had something else he did but but I remember going down there and this guy's not even around and I remember when I received the holy spirit now listen to me if you don't pray in tongues that's okay this is not a put down this is not not everybody's going to pray in tongues they're just not going to and if you pray in tongues you need to settle that are you going to drive yourself crazy it's not your job in life to make sure everybody prays in tongues just get people saved let's start there and then let everything else work its way out if you want to be evangelistic go get people for christ and then let him let the holy spirit work the rest of it out but i remember going down front i got filled with the holy spirit and i began to pray in tongues and i thought man this is amazing and crazy at the same time to be honest with you and it took me a while to understand what it was going on but i'm gonna tell you something this is no joke i'm gonna tell you this um the, the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is very true and very real, and I understand why so many people are skeptical. I, I do. Um, I went to a very charismatic Bible college, very uh, probably ultra okay um, and there are things I look back on now and I go, you know that just that 's flavor that 's not doctrine D- don't don 't overlook and or don't don 't excuse the reality of what 's real. Because of what you've seen humanity do. We're flawed people. I mean, there's nowhere in the Bible that says you had got to hit people with your Bible for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's something that he picked up that he felt comfortable with. He just, he felt like if he had his Bible, he could do that, and then that, he would help people. And that's okay. But that's not my flavor. And that's okay. But I had to learn a lot of things that, well, that's not really in the Bible. That's experience. What I just gave you, I just told you, was called Experience. That doesn't mean you're gonna have this same experience. Mine was different. Yours might be different. The reality is, well, why would I need to pray in the Spirit then? Well, I'm gonna read you some scripture from uh 1 Corinthians. So if you want to turn there, 1 Corinthians 14. I'm gonna read you some stuff here and uh, Angela, I'll call you up in a minute, okay? It, not we're a little run a little bit. So y'all good, right? For a few minutes? All right, just it won't take too much long, but I just I need to be able to share a couple of this because the reality is, too many times in Christianity, this is, this is really looked down upon. Like, can we just be honest? This is really looked down upon. Right? Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Even if you pray in the Spirit, this is looked down upon. I may even be making some of you nervous about that. Like, is he going to, bring, is he going to hit me with a Bible? I'm not going to hit you with a Bible. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not wired that way, okay? Now, uh, but the reality is this. Please don't diminish the precious work of God because of Maybe the immaturity or something you've seen in another person. That doesn't mean that God's not real moving. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 14. Let Let's let me read through this, and I'm a, I am just want to give you some key things about this to maybe cause you to explore what this might mean for your life. I'm not going to call you down front, make you pray today. I'm not going to, none of that stuff. Nobody at our church, let me just say this up front. Not one person in our church, if they do this, they do not have the heart of your pastor. There's not one person in this church that's going to force you to pray in tongues. No one's going to call you out in the middle of church and make you pray in tongues in front of people. And if you decide to be filled with the Spirit, you're not going to be walking down the aisle of Publix picking up your bread and mayonnaise or whatever you do, and all of a sudden break out in tongues in front of everybody freak the whole grocery store out. It's not going to happen. If that happens, that did not come from my philosophy or my understanding of Scripture, okay? Can we just So just relax, take the brakes off for a moment, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, the first thing that Paul says to us is to pursue love. Now, that is important. Christianity, right now, we have a very warped sense of this word. We think that love means to accept everything. And that is not the biblical context of love. God did not accept me and my sin to just stay where I was. He accepted me, yes, but he looked at my sin and said, that's got to change. And right now in Christianity, there's a very misunderstanding. Love is almost looked at as like, well, you love, so you accept everybody. And maybe one day, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. We're not going to elevate sin. If your pastor's in, and I'm not, I'm not, if you're watching online, if I was in immoral failure, the elders of this church should do their rightful duty and remove me from office. Amen? Amen. Okay, don't worry about it. They wouldn't get a chance. My wife would, I'd be dead. So, you know, anyway. There's a bit of that. <laughs> but nonetheless, they should. But today, it's almost like we're afraid to do anything because we might offend somebody. I'm telling you something. Immorality, ungodliness, unethicalness, it, it is not, there's no place in the pulpit. But love, we've got to love people, so we've got to accept everything. No, you don't. But r- true love, biblical love, is a real thing. And you also see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, yeah, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, which are also in 1 Corinthians 12. These are the nine, and I'm going to get all this in deep. Yeah, it is take forever. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are in operation. By the way, let me just tell you this. Uh, every one of those gifts, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, uh, uh, gifts of healings. <clears throat> did I say working in miracles? If I did, I didn't. Tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. All these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every single one of these were in operation in the Old Testament with the exception of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Gifts of healings all throughout the Old Testament. Prophecy, mercy, come on. All throughout... Doesn't it not make sense that God would not remove those gifts in the New Testament? He, there, Jesus exemplified every one of these with the exception of the tongues. Now, So what is the part about that? It's all throughout Scripture, okay? So he says this. I want you to desire these spiritual gifts, uh, but especially that you might prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue or unknown tongue or one who prays in the Spirit does not speak to men, but to who? Can I just verse, before we leave today, can we all just agree we best just leave this alone because somebody's praying in tongues. And I'm not talking about somebody jumping up in the church, interrupting services. That's not appropriate. And we don't do that here. I mean, people got mad last time. I, the guy jumped in church. started I'm trying to give an altar call. Guy jumps up, starts going. I said, will you please be quiet, sir? Please stop. I asked him nicely twice before I got to get louder. That's inappropriate. Can we all agree? If you're in the middle of a theater and you're just watching Top Gun and ladies, I mean, I already heard, man, I ain't seen it yet. Ladies like, oh, Mavericks, he's still looking good. He's 61. He's still looking good. He's on Medicare, but he's still, you know, whatever. I've already heard all this. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. Come on. I don't know. What was the fighter jets like? What was this like? No, I don't know, but he's looking good. I mean, oh, my gosh. But if a guy, if you're watching Top Gun, you're in the movie, and all of a sudden, somebody jumps up and starts going off about something else on the news media, would that not make you frustrated? It would be inappropriate, would it not? Then why would we think it would be appropriate in a church for people to do that? Especially if not even on the platform. It would be totally inappropriate. So he says, but watch this, but don't mistake this, he who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to... Can we all agree? Whether you pray in tongues or don't, can we just agree? Better leave that part alone. Be careful that you don't diminish people who pray in tongues if you don't. Because listen, they're not talking to you anyway. And I'm going to leave that alone. Who am I to judge whether or not they have something or don't? I I don't know. Let them go. Because they're talking to God and I don't want to interfere with that. There's a bit of respect there. So he says no one understands this because he speaks to God. But God obviously does because he's talking to him. But in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. And one who speaks in a tongue, what does he do? Edifies himself. One who prophesies, he edifies the... Very good. So, a couple things right here can I just give you. First of all, if you pray in tongues, they're speaking to God. Second of all, notice what else? If a person prays in tongues, what do they do? They're speaking mysteries. Things that you don't even know come down the road. They're speaking mysteries. Now, listen. I ain't trying to be ooky spooky on you, but you know what? I'm thankful that this morning, six thirty a.m., that tire hubcap thing was loose and doing what it was doing. Now, I prayed over them kids. We prayed, but I've been praying for them, and I pray all I can pray in English. And I run out. God, watch over them, keep them safe, bless them. You know, I I, I don't care if they've got their phone or not. Just keep them safe. Let them have some food. Lord help them, learn stuff, come back safely. That's basically. And I got nothing else. What else are you going to pray? How long can you go through that before you run out? I ran out. So what I do? I pray in tongues for them. I don't know what I'm praying. Does it matter? I'm talking to God. I'm trusting he knows. I just believe that hubcap thing helped us see a flat tire on the inside of the truck that we would not have seen otherwise. We got that resolved in a new truck. And guess what? I don't want my kids or your kids going down the road at 70 miles an hour, or probably 65 in the bus because you're on the other side. I don't want them going down the road with a flat tire on the inside. and might blow out with all my kids in there and your kids. I just trust that's the Lord. You don't know. I don't know what could have or could not have happened. I don't care. I'm just saying thank you, Lord. Sometimes you're praying out things you don't even know. So you speak to God. There's mysteries, and then watch this. People who do this, they pray, and it's for edica- edification. It charges, it makes them feel like charged up inside. That's what the word means: edified, be charged up. Yeah. There's just three things right there. I can tell you, just simple things that praying in tongues will do for you. And whether you agree or don't agree, you have to understand the belt of truth. There's enough biblical. I could, listen. I could give you a whole series on this and show you from doctrine that this is real. And I think all of us in here are past that and we already know, yeah, this is real. I may or may not understand it or maybe I wish more people did. Either way, I think we all can understand. It's real. I don't understand enough about it. I'm just going to not diminish it. The belt of truth would say, I may not understand it, but I'm not going to put it down either. The belt of truth would say, I might pray in tongues and they don't, but I'm not going to put them down because they don't. That's where love comes in. So he says this. <clears throat> Now, I wish, Paul said, again, he's asking us in Ephesians to pray at all times with all kinds of prayer, praying in the Spirit. He specifically threw this one in there, okay? He says, but one who prophesies speaks uh, speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Verse 4, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, verse 5, this is Paul the Apostle. And this is before all these letters were written in the Bible that you can compare and contrast. Say, well, I think he was talking about this and that. This was a letter to a church that was overrun with this stuff. They were out of control. Okay? So Paul is saying, i got to bring some context to what's going on. You guys are out of control. But even in the midst of the chaos of this ultra-charismatic Corinthian church, Paul says, I wish, verse 5, that you all spoke in tongues. Before we go any further... This is New Testament after the resurrection, after the apostles have been dispersed throughout all the areas and regions and preaching the gospel. This is after. Can't say this is not for today. He says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. But again, if you do, what are you talking to? You're talking to who? Come on, come on, ask me, guys. Don't check it out. We asked to who? Talking to who? Talking to God. And if you pray out in tongues, what do you pray out? You're praying out mysteries, right? Things that you don't even know. If you pray in tongues, you're also praying for what? Edification. It charges you up. These are positive things. So he says, I pray that you personally would do this. But watch this. Beyond that, even more, that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in the tongues, unless he can interpret so the church may receive edifying. Now before I get any further, I'm not going to break down the whole church context because he's referring to things in the church. There is an individual context of praying in tongues, yes. And there are times in church where people do pray with tongues and interpretation. Yes. And I've seen it and it's very real. Now on a Sunday morning, I'm going to read to you why you don't see that on a Sunday morning. Because it is beyond me today. You, I, you don't know who it is, right? It don't matter if you post that you got a cute dog. Somebody's going to jump on there and say, well, he's got a floppy ear. Like, no one can just leave you alone. Have you noticed that? Like, you post, it's a great day today. Well, it for me, blah, 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 Or if you say, well, man, I got a new car. Instead of being, man, that's awesome. I heard bad things about that car. They got a recall. It's like, shut up. Can't you just be happy for me? My dog's out a flop beer. Just chill out, man. Let me have my moment. Have you noticed that? You just can't say anything today. Unreal. I, I've said to, to our church before, and people come in sometimes, this is what they say. But well, you just forbid that pastor, they don't let people speak in tongues. I'm like, that's not true. I just didn't let your little wild self get up out of church and bump on stage. I don't even know who you are and start yakking off in tongues. We don't even know you. Yeah, but he wouldn't let me speak in tongues. No, I didn't let you interrupt my church service and come up on this platform because I don't know you. There's a whole different context between you praying in tongues as an individual and you trying to take over my church service. I'm in charge in this church service. Understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to let some weirdo come in here and run, run shot over the whole place. And you ought to appreciate that. Yes. But that does not mean in one little bit that I don't believe in praying in the Spirit, that I'm not full of the Holy Spirit, and I don't pray in the Spirit. You're messing with me about this. Drop me crazy. <laughs> Just can't you accept what I'm saying? Somebody always going to make a comment. Well, you did and, and what drives me nuts is the people who believe these people. They'll believe them over their own pastor. I, I just don't understand that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to lift me up. Listen, I lift up my wife over here. She's this wonderful, sweet lady. She's been in this church longer than I have been. She's not going anywhere. Proof of ministry right here. I'm, just, I'm lifting her up. I'm lifting her Why Why people would believe someone else that they don't even know but for 5, 10 minutes? Over someone who has proven track record ministry is beyond me. But they do it. Oh, they do it all the time. All because they, ooh, they got a little shake. Woo! Oh, they must have something. Oh, let's pay attention. That's just preference. That's not... There's nowhere in the Bible says if you're filled with spirit, you've got to do that. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> Pastor, you making fun? Yeah, I'm making fun. I went to the school that does all the woo. They do, we did the shake, the shimmy, the run, everything, man. Did it all. The funky chicken, what you want? What you want to talk about? I seen it all, baby. Listen, we they ran we had a class, we ran so much in that class they told us if you run, you've got to run to the right. Come on now, see if you've got to tell somebody that is that really the Holy Spirit? No but guess what? If you get around somebody, you think, well, they must have something, so before long you feel like you've got to be the same way. I must not have it then if I don't have the jerks or the whatever or the funky chickens. There's nothing in the Bible about this. It is called preference. And just flavor of ministry is all it is called, baby. And if you want the funky chicken, I'm sorry, but we're not doing that here. We ain't doing funky chicken. We're not running around the church. We ain't playing 40 different banners. We're not going to... Whatever they do. Now, I don't know. I kept up in a while, but I can tell you, you know. But I will tell you this. That's not diminishing the Holy Spirit. I believe in and I will hundred percent, not ashamed of it. I pray in the spirit. I'm not ashamed of it at all. And I would say, as Paul does, I wish that y'all did. I wish that y'all did. But even more than that, that you would prophesy. Now, I was in here, I don't know if he was in here a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago. Days, a couple of weeks ago. So I was literally preaching. I looked over, There's this guy, I don't know if any of you guys remember this. There was a guy sitting over here in this seat. And I looked over at him. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I looked over and I pointed my finger at this guy. I, never, I don't usually do this. But I just really felt prompted to say this to him. I was like, look, young man. I said, you be strong in the Lord. And the power of my heart. I said, you hear me? You be strong. I don't even know you. So <laughs> I, I hope you come back next week, you know, kind of thing. I do Y'all you remember me saying this? Yeah. Okay, well, he didn't come back next week. Um, <clears throat> it's not because I run him off. This is crazy, but. So I didn't know what he was about to do. He had prayed, he sought me out after church He waited for everybody to leave He said, i got to tell you something He said, um, you don't know this But I'm actually leaving this week And I'm starting a prayer track Across the United States of America He said, I'm starting from west coast Back to east And I'm praying across the whole United States of America I'm praying for America He said, what you said Was so spot on because I don't, I don't really know how I'm going to do this I'm just praying for strength Now listen, what do you think that did for him? And encouraged him that God would, how would I have known that? I didn't know that. That That's the Holy Spirit. But he left knowing that God's backing me. Now what's more important, that I do that or I roll off some tongues? What's more important? Encouragement. Listen to what Paul says, okay? He says, but now brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I can speak to you either by way of revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Yet even lifeless things, either the flute or harp, we'll just say that in our context, drums, keyboards, guitars. Even lifeless things in producing a sound, if they not do, do not produce a distinction in the tones, how will it be known what is played on the flute or the harp? For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? It's also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech, that is clear. We won't, go into, we won't get too far into the southern drawl, okay? You just got to roll with, I'm doing the best I can do, okay? But how will it be known what is spoken? For you will all be speaking into the air. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be to the one who speaks as a barbarian, or as a foreigner, the Bible calls it. And the one who speaks will be as a foreigner to me. So that means no one is going to understand. Now, Pastor Victor tries to help me as much as I can. And I'm, I'm working a little poquito Espanol, you know, but it's very, mucho poquito, okay? I try, I'm still trying to understand, okay? I was texting him yesterday, he's talking about, man, he's, he's on vacation, I think in Miami, enjoying Cuban coffee. I said, man, how does a Colombian Venezuelan enjoy Cubana coffee? I said, I thought Colombian coffee is the best. He said, no, Guatemala's the best. I said, man, you are really mixed up with your countries and stuff. But he tries to help me, and I try to help him. And one of the words I've helped him with is to be careful with the word beach. So when he says the word beach, he says beach because for him the dialect is so strong it comes out a different way. The shed outside where we store some stuff, he calls it the shed because he has to because of the dialect. Well, when I say stuff, it's the same way. If I throw my southern jaw in some of his words, it sounds bad. So he said, help me, Pastor Jody, don't say that. Why don't say that? I don't need to tell you why. Okay. But if if we go out with each other and we don't know one another's language, it's like we, we're like in a foreign country. I don't understand what's going on. So no one has benefited, he said. So verse 12, since you are so zealous of spiritual gifts. Paul says, since you have, the Corinthian church was an amazing place of power and demonstration of the spirit. But he said, since you're so zealous of this, Paul says, <clears throat> seek to abound for the edification of the church. Can we all agree that what we need now more than anything else is as a church to be built up, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to, be, uh, to have a place of where we can understand the doctrine. I don't need any more confusion in my life. I don't know about you. There's enough confusion out there. Pick your poison. Everybody's got an opinion about something, and I don't know what's true and what's not anymore. I honestly don't throw out as hundred different hearings you want to throw out about every different thing that's going on. I don't understand what is true in their world. And if you do, God bless you. I'm glad you got it figured out because I don't. I don't need any more confusion in my life. Paul says, Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he might interpret. For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays. He's saying that again. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? What is the decision I have made, Paul says? Can we all agree right here? Paul says, I will pray with the spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. He says, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit, how, only, <clears throat> only how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say amen? That means the person doesn't understand what you're doing. How will they say amen at your are giving of thanks since he does not know what you're praying? <clears throat> For you are giving thanks well enough. But watch what Paul says. But the other person is not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul was not ashamed of this. However, guys, can we all agree from a place of maturity here, In the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I might instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a known tongue, unknown tongue. Paul says his most greatest desire, he wants you to pray in tongues, he really does. But more than that, he says, I care about the church. Because if we're not all being edified together, we're not in unison. It's like an instrument that's out of tune. It's like an instrument that's on a different key. It just doesn't work. The church that we need edification more than anything. And can I tell you the dividing line? Again, I've been to a charismatic Bible college, and I've been to some of the most liturgical services. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Can I tell you what the difference is in the two? Only one thing. And Angela, you can come up now. Sorry, I meant to tell you a second ago. Y'all probably like, how long is that Patrick going to go about praying? He's going to break his Bible out. No, I'm cool. I'm just, I just, it's a lot to kind of break down. I could, look, I could probably take 10 weeks on this. There's so much in here I could teach you about And not because I'm not being arrogant when I say that. I'm just saying there are things that I know that God has given me. I understand what I'm talking about here. I'm not just saying this because I called some guy on TBN. I know what I'm talking about when I tell you this is real. First of all, don't disrespect people who do pray in tongues. Second of all, don't make it your mission to make sure that everybody prays in tongues. And here's the reason why. The difference between the two, whether you are ultra charismatic so far over here that you say, man, it's like it's just out of control. Or you're so far over here, it's so liturgical that no one dare breathes unless they're told. Whichever one you want to pick, there's only one thing that separates the two. And I'm going to tell you what that is. It's called spiritual maturity. I've been around people that are so liturgical, they're so over here, that everything is so regimented in a church service. And I have watched them be led of the Holy Spirit to pray with people and give them a prophetic word, whether they call it prophecy or not, doesn't matter. And that person be changed. In the most liturgical, do not put down liturgical church services. Because if they're based on Christianity, God is going to move with his spirit. Now, I know there's a lot of confusion today. Understand this. He's not going to move in a church that just allows everything in the pulpit that's not a, I'm telling you right now that's not the Lord it's just not you can read between the lines whatever I ain't got time getting that now but liturgical stuff I'm telling you I've seen God move his spirit I've been in church service where we break out the hymns and we don't have a hymn book I know we thought it was cool because we changed back in the 90's we had a little overhead projector while you're trying to sing a song somebody's got a little pinky in the way you know the whole time you can't see the word. if you're too young ask your parents what that is or they put it on sideways you have to realign it real quick. Oh, there it is. We thought it was cool because we did that. And then we got overhead projection. And then we got... The... It's just style and flavor. There's nothing wrong with a hymn book as long as it glorifies God. Now, them ungodly ones that's in there, I ain't singing that mess. But I'll sing the ones that elevate and glorify God. As a kid, man. I was in the church, man. We used to sing, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Y'all remember that song? Victory in Jesus, my Savior. Yeah. We'd rock after that kind of stuff, man. People, There were no drums. Everybody just clap. I mean, it was wrong, baby. You can worship God in a liturgical setting. God's spirit will move in a liturgical setting as long as Jesus be lifted up high. It's just flavor. It's like ice cream. I love chocolate ice cream. I love vanilla ice cream. And I love strawberry ice cream. But that Neapolitan thing, that's what it's called, whatever, that mix them all three together... I don't know, there's something odd about that. It just, it just make mine, give me a scoop of whatever I want and I'll put what I want on it. I just don't like it all mixed up. That's flavor. You can go all the way over here and say, well, I just like it super ultra charismatic. That's flavor. i gonna tell you something, I've seen God's spirit move in both. I've seen him move both. And you don't have to pray in tongues to have the Lord move through you. I've watched myself seen people move. Be careful you think you're spiritual if you got the jerks. The jerks don't make you spiritual. Goosebumps don't make you spiritual. Warm honey feeling don't make you spiritual. It's nice if it happens, but I'm telling you to learn you cannot live by your feelings. Which leads me to the last thing I want to say today about this in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So now give me two minutes, I'll be done, I think. If you're here, and, and what I'm saying, it might bristle you, okay? This is where spiritual maturity has to come into place. What's the most important piece of armor first? The belt of... If it's not in the Bible, it's not... You can't just add it because you want to. If it's not in the Bible, it's not truth, all right? In our church, we've had this principle for, for I don't know how long, many, many years now. I went to a school where I was told, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you must have proof of that by speaking in and I just reassure you this morning if that is not in the Bible there's nowhere you're going to find that that's man's interpretation So, at our church we do not believe that the Bible is very clear about being filled with the Holy Spirit Jesus said if you ask your father for the Holy Spirit will he give you something else and he gave you an example of a father and a son suppose your son asks you for an egg would you give him a snake or a scorpion? No. Thank you, Rachel. I think that's right, girl. Come on. Amen. Corner, baby. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. No. A good father would never give bad gifts to his kid. How much more Jesus? Jesus said this. Your Savior. Will he not give you the Holy Spirit who asks? And there is nothing on the back end of that that says you must do this, this. This, oh, and now we can let you in our club. That is not in the Bible. When you got saved, what was the proof of your salvation? What's your proof now? Some pretty simple stuff that says: if you believe in your heart, you speak it and ask it out with your mouth, you shall be saved same context, if you believe in the Holy Spirit, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit who ask Him? And you might pray in tongues, and I, I can help you. We'll talk about some of that. If you want to talk about that, no problem. But you might not. You may give a prophetic word. You may have other spiritual gifts that might, you might move in more than others. Either way, we have got to be mature in this and say, it's okay. Let people Ask God for gifts and stop trying to say, Well, they got this, and they got that i 'm tired of all that stuff. We want see God move in our city and our church and our people, but we can 't do with immaturity and immaturity says you 're not in my club that 's immaturity if you don 't do this then you 're not well technically that 's not biblical. so this morning, the filling of the Holy Spirit is something that Jesus tells us to do, and i 'm going to say this to you if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can ask the Lord. If you, want more que- if you have questions about this, you want to know more about this, um, there's a little thing. I'm going to pray with everybody in just a moment. But in your seat back, there's something, a little connection card. You can fill it out, drop it in the offering box. I'll help, help you get started talking about this. If you specifically write, I want to know more about being filled with the Spirit or praying in tongues or anything of this nature. If you're watching online, you can do the same thing digitally right there. But this morning before I go, I want to pray for each one of you, and I want to challenge you that you don't discredit what I'm talking about this morning look nobody's going to make you pray in tongues in this church I'm not going to let people stand up in the middle of our church and interrupt our church doing that mess you say well that's discrediting." no it's not Bible says don't forbid people to speak in tongues exactly he also tells me don't let it be disorderly and out of order you're supposed to have you know order in the church man it would be totally inappropriate if I come up and took Scotty's guitar and started playing and so get off stage wouldn't it you think he's going to let them do that it's got to be, man, it like, you better get off my guitar. That thing's old school. Well, a preacher shouldn't let somebody take over his church either. We've prayed, we know, we know what the Holy Spirit, we feel like we know what God's leading us to do the best we can. But I wouldn't let a random person come in and try and teach you guys something. That, I would be, I would not be a very good pastor if I did that. What shepherd gives his pulpit over to a hireling that they don't even know and say, watch the sheep. So if you want more questions about, you have questions about this you want to know just let me know and we'll, we'll help you answer some stuff the best we can okay but specifically i want to pray for today if you don't mind just taking a moment to close your eyes and bow your head and maybe you're in this room right now you don't know christ you've never been saved before and i want to pray for you right now you're you know the first step of salvation but you can be filled with god's spirit right where you are You you can ask, and I'm saying in this day and age, I don't know why anybody would say, I don't want to be filled with the Lord's Spirit. You're not going to be weird or goofy. That's people that do that. You're not going to have to be that way. The Bible actually says about the Holy Spirit, there's wisdom with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of wisdom are the same voice. There's no difference in the two. He's not weird. He's not out of control. He's not crazy. He's not goofy. He's peaceful. leads you into truth. He guides you. He reminds you of what Jesus said to you. And he shows you what is coming ahead. Marks of the Holy Spirit. So right where you are, if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I want to pray for you right now. And here's all you got to do. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, number one, that he died He was physically dead and he was resurrected for your sins. If you believe that right now and you want to be saved, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But I do want to pray with you. And this whole church will pray with you right now. Just pray this and repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I come today and I give you my life and I surrender everything. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me and to cleanse me to make me new and I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus name amen and amen man we're so proud of you church right would you give me a hand right now you prayed that trying to see if anybody else I want to tell you before we go I don't think so so the the one thing I do want to share with you is this Again, the dividing line between different types of flavors of churches is simply spiritual maturity. Paul tells us all this, to be mature. To be mature. Don't be persuaded by things you can't find in Scripture, but don't discredit things that you do find in Scripture. And I think I've shown you, this is just one verse of many. That I've shown you that the Holy Spirit is very real. And you can pray in the Spirit. Yes, you can. And don't discredit people that do. And if you do pray in the Spirit, don't put down people who don't. We are in this together as a church family. Right? And we've got to walk in love with one another. And grow together with one another. And understand that God is gifting people to do great things. Let's pray for them. And help them in the endeavor that God leads them to. But if you're here and you say, man, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to. On that, connect.cornerstoneroom.com or the seatback, You write it down and tell me. I'll do a class. I'll show you more in Scripture. Whatever I have to do to reveal to you and show you what I'm talking about. And I don't want you to be in the dark on this, okay? But I would encourage you to go pray, seek the Lord, and read some of these verses about this, okay? God, is there something you want me to see that I'm not maybe seeing? Is there something you want me to understand about my other believers that I need to see? How do you want me to respond to this message today? Now, that's what I, all I ask of you right there just seek the Lord and ask the Lord for understanding alright so if you don't mind standing with me this morning before we go I want to speak this over your life out of numbers um, oh before we go that's what it was I just want to remind you this is what we're doing when we give uh, we are so grateful for you you doing this summer thank you for your generosity it's been a very expensive uh, two months with all these camps and everything out. I just want to say thank you guys for being so faithful and consistent uh, it helps me out a lot I hate, um, I hate, you know, that's the one side of ministry I wish I did not have to deal with at all. Like I just don't like that stuff. I think it's just, but unfortunately, you know, if you're on run stuff, so you gotta have it with the money side of things, right? I mean, it's just that's you're in a business, you gotta deal with the money side. The church is no different. But I want to thank you guys for being faithful in your giving, because um, what we're doing in the last couple of weeks with all these camps and stuff, it's not just for fun and play. Twenty-some kids getting saved. What well, just happened? Youth camp. Just a couple of weeks ago, I'll give you testimonies when they come back. And what they're about to see right now is going to be fantastic. The other thing I want to say to you is this: um, generosity. We're backing up and saving up for what we're doing with Jim Dehart and Bonnie Dehart. And um, I know we got one group going on missions over here, but we want to help them finish their ministry center by end of the year. So we're saving up fifteen thousand dollars. And that's if you want to give to that, you can. But please do it above your tithe. Please don't um, please don't take your tithe and redesignate it. It makes it very complicated because once you do that, say I don't want to give to this, I want to give to that. It makes us have to you know, really switch gears and say, okay, well, we, we got to move it over. It, it just, please just give your tithes and offerings normal. If you want to give extra market extra, you know, that's what we do. Okay. I do the same thing. All right. It just helps us tremendously as have you give. And I want to help them knock this thing out by end of year and bless them, uh, as their ministry center opens up. I think it'd just be a great thing we can do $15,000 for our church. Not a hard thing for us to do. We can do this. All right. Right. You agree. Right. Right. Right, are you excited about doing that, huh? Yeah? Okay, good deal. Before we go, let me just speak this over your life out of Numbers In chapter 6, verse 24. It just says this, May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. and May he give you his peace. God bless you guys so much. Have a great, great week. We'll see you next Sunday with a new series. You're dismissed.